was like, what, what the? F what is the medical intended purpose of nicotine? Yeah, because a lot of other drugs that people get was, addicted to are usually like, they, yes, they have this a purpose. Helps your back pain or something. Yeah. I mean, like, what, what does what nicotine is, do? It's what like, is yeah. weed's purpose? I mean, weed has like a general quote-unquote purpose, purpose well, of pain relief, like stress relief. Well, it's we like, kind of we weed has been uh, used to treat Parkinson's uh, in more recent studies. In more recent, like more recently, yeah. But well, yeah, like, but I'm but saying, it's still but like, people have still, been smoking weed since the fucking dawn of time. Yeah, of course, but it's still it's starting now to have a medical intended purpose. Yeah, which is why we have medical cards for it in the first place. But nicotine in the first place is just like, yeah, you want to have a fun pastime, just fucking smoke or something. It's like I a mean, weird it's drug tobacco. niche. No, it, it's not a weird drug niche at all. Tobacco is a fucking huge drug. No, I'm not, it's say, a huge I'm not, drug I'm not saying it's I'm not saying niche. the drug itself in its okay. place in society is niche. I'm saying like in terms of the chemical reaction that it has on your brain, it not only does nothing for you, it makes you addicted and it makes you a little bit lightheaded. So what is nicotine doing for you right yeah. now? Trip report right now. Trip report. Um, you guys are stressing me out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get more stressed. <laughs> Actually, let me let me trip report. Here you have some stress. Nicotine is essentially just a feedback loop. I I just googled it and it Ooh. says that nicotine is used to help treat addiction to or dependence on smoking cigarettes. It's a, oh. <laughs> it's a giant feedback yeah. loop. You're in an echo chamber of nicotine. Nicotine guess, is used to get off of nicotine. <laughs> wow, thank you. Or um, like a more addictive substance. It's like, here, try nicotine now. Do I'm meth. <laughs> I'm getting off of nicotine by doing meth. I mean, you you smoke way less of it, and the effects wait last way longer. And actually, you could get meth pills. So I wonder if nicotine has ever been prescribed to people in like the olden days. It probably was. Like there was um, because they put bro to treat like a fucking cold. They would give you like uh, Rogaine. <laughs> Rogaine. They would give you like cocaine and fucking yeah. weed and. Uh, a fuck ton of alcohol. Like, Here's what they scraped up from the bathroom yeah. floor. They actually, they used to um, fucking on cigarette packages they, or commercials. They'd be like, smoking, it's good for you when you're pregnant or some shit Yeah, like there, that. there was a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of propaganda for smoking. Yeah. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. I uh, forgot how like much of a culture smoking had. Yeah. I it love was like ye old, olden last that week. That wasn't even ye old. It was like ye old 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> it was like last week. It was pretty cool. <laughs> That's actually yeah. insane. I didn't think about that. And then we almost were the generation to stop smoking. Wrong. Uh, or stop nicotine <laughs> use, yeah. rather. We are the generation that innovated yeah. nicotine. <laughs> That's the real shit. Well, in general, we've always kind of been addicted to nicotine and on some level. Now yeah. it's just vaping. I think um, something about like uh, smoking is just like very deeply ingrained in culture. I think in a lot of places, like, yeah. you know, Native American culture. It just depends I think on smoking what, really, but smoking is huge. Well, I mean, yeah, actually, that's true, because they, they'll fucking smoke hashish or whatever in, uh, like, hashish. the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> Weed hashish. in America, fucking cigarettes in France. Cigars <laughs> are a, a very popular. Oh, my God, I fucking hate cigars. I have never tried a cigar... I still want to try at least one time a cigar, just to say that I fucking, you know, to mm -hmm. know what it's like. I've had a cigar before, and it's it's <laughs> triple port cigars. It's it's all right. It <laughs> doesn't really do much. I, I'm not expecting fun. it to be a great experience. You, I just want to see what. It's, it's actually just annoying <laughs> because first of all, you're it's fat as fuck. It's yeah. long as hell. You're gonna be sitting there for like an hour holding this fucking thing. It's mm -hmm. gonna make your breath smell. It's gonna make your fingers stink. Like it's gonna. It's just a bad experience, Pe and it just makes you. Super lightheaded because uh, yeah. you're not even supposed to inhale it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Imagine but, buying blunt wraps and then using it for tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Shit doesn't make Dude, sense. People who people who smoke real Swisher sweets and like don't actually just they're use a different it for breed shells, of they're human. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> wow, BMing an entire culture. Yeah, I am. Black and Miles are different. Swisher sweets are what? Okay, well, you're okay with this. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You can't. You can't. At the end of the night, okay. yes, I can. Cigarettes are okay. Swisher sweets are not. But at, how? <laughs> at the end of the night, when you're three bottles deep, it you're doesn't not matter smoking what. A swisher sweet. Have you have you ever smoked a, a swisher without? I don't think I have. It's fucking gross. It's literally. I see. Super the thing gross. is, like, black and milds are like all cigarettes in any form are fucking disgusting I, in the first place. Personally, I, I think black and milds. Uh, taste and smell pretty good in terms of like in terms of smoke 
or like smoking, I think those are like top tier. You're addicted. <laughs> I haven't had a black and mild in fucking like a, a year. No, <laughs> I haven't had it since more, this morning, bro. More than a year. I haven't probably. had it since my morning black and mild. Come on. <laughs> or black and mild in coffee, bro. Oh, I mean, eggs. I get having a preference, but yeah. you can't dog the general purpose of smoking those kinds of just like straight up tobacco cigar cigarette type deals. Uh, Do people smoke yeah, I can. nicotine <laughs> to get Nick high? Well, it's tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great, actually. I love losing half my brain function. Yeah, it's fun. Well, it's because of the effect that nicotine has. Out. It's just smoking tobacco in general gives yeah. you that, that nicotine high. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it also, it, maybe it requires more of an oral fixation. You know, like, because like with cigars. Dude, just fucking blow someone. Just fucking, yeah. Just, just, like, just dick. suck dick. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> if you have an oral cock, fixation, bro. suck cock. <laughs> you can suck a cock for hours, okay? You really can't suck could. a cigar. You really could. But like, they don't even have to be hard. Just suck them, bro. You're still not. Just, you're not. You're still not supposed to inhale. <laughs> but you can swallow, <laughs> and you can get addicted. <laughs> Being addicted to cum. Oh my god, god. that would be the worst. Some Maybe people the best have. Some people, I think some people have that for sure. You Me, literally, no Man. doubt, cum addictions exist. Well, it's just porn addiction. I guess. I guess. Or well, like, no, because uh, I think we're talking about something different, right? We're talking about like consuming cum or like playing <laughs> with cum or whatever the fuck. I ordered <laughs> jars of cum off of Amazon <laughs> and it's it's great. It's amazing. That's a positive feedback loop. Because <laughs> like, I would say like having a fucking breeding. You know how much DNA is in my body right now? <laughs> you do got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have basically half the genome of <laughs> the human race. Wow. Well, nice. you, well, you should have all of it technically. <laughs> yeah, but you just can't give it. All of it. And that's that's the most depressing part. <laughs> really, truly. When the I most, think about that, I get sad. The most depressing aspect of being a top. <laughs> <laughs> Eating too much cum. <laughs> I hate having all this top energy and not enough cum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough cum to sustain my top lifestyle. Bro. <laughs> the alpha male grind side <laughs> consuming cum every morning. I have my kale and uh, an oat smoothie, and then I have my my cum my cum <laughs> my jar. overnight cum jar. Uh, yes. <laughs> Would you like a sip of the cum shake? <laughs> uh, waking up in the middle of the night, parched with thirst, <laughs> reaching over in my nightstand, grabbing my cum jar. <laughs> I like to add blueberries and vanilla yogurt to mine. <laughs> Do you like room temperature cum or cold cum? I like, I like a steaming. nice steamy look. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be steaming. It needs I'm to be a warm cum drink. Microwaving it. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, God no. Fuck I put no. it in a pot like a civilized thing. Yeah, yeah, like you you brew it like yeah. tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cum is ready, madam. <laughs> Can you guys tell the difference between like microwave and boiled water when you're making something? I feel like you probably could. I I, I don't give a shit personally, but like I know some people who are like, I will never microwave water because it just it's better to boil it. Yeah. I don't, shit. I don't think it makes it necessarily taste any different, but the microwave, I think, has a certain smell and like it kind of puts that smell onto shit. That's and fair. I think like the, the Dude, whole microwave the whole, is dirty as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It's the radio, yeah. the radio wave <laughs> smell. Ugh. But like it makes the it makes the mug smell. I think it gives it that podcast smell, uh, like that this nostalgic podcast. podcast smell. The, the, welcome to the nostalgic what, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you do the intro. Welcome to the all Thought Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Zane. I'm Alex. Once again, we are ourselves this week. Yeah. Once again, I feel I, like we, I haven't been me in years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the imposter last time, so I guess Zane wasn't actually there. Yeah. Zane was a little sus last last well that was event. that was the bit last what? vent <laughs> last vent <God. laughs> Among Us needs to die you um, know Among I, Us is pretty dead at this point I feel like it's kind of run its it's, I feel like it's, it's holding the, on I feel like it's it's at its point in the gaming world where it it forwent its hype and now oh. it's just <laughs> for, for, for went. Went. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a game now that people play you know. It's yeah. one of those Played games where it was super uh, Okay, we will. <laughs> okay, okay. We never played Deceit last time. We haven't we played video games, bro. Yeah. I got hammered with projects this week. I went from my schedule this semester this was... Uh, <laughs> and my schedule went from like being all easy classes to it's just project after project after That's project. Fucked. 
it's it's I think so I'd rather annoying. have projects though than go to class but also you have to go to class yeah he's going to class it, and so doing projects we have we have like random quizzes that our professors give out to take attendance Fuck that. so instead it's one of the, the most scummy ways to take attendance <laughs> i'd rather just have attendance instead of being like yeah. having to it's like i've gone to most of my classes i've only missed one um and it was like, I was genuinely nervous that today was the day that they're going to have a quiz mm-hmm. on whatever topic we're talking about. Cause we had a quiz a while, like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of due for another yeah. one in that class. But in general, it's just such a scummy way to take attendance. Why not just take fucking attendance, dude? Yeah. I, I have this one class. It's a philosophy of happiness class. And I was like, you know what? That actually sounds really cool. It's not okay. because <laughs> we have not had, it's all online. There's no like recorded lectures. There's nothing. There's just readings, excerpts, and quizzes. And I'm five weeks behind on every single thing because I just, first of all, I didn't know how to access the course. Yeah. And then follow up is just like, it's so easy to fucking forget because there's nothing. Yeah, you're not. There's nothing there besides read the thing, take the quiz, done for the whole week. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way a lot of classes are, especially when you're getting towards like the end of your your curriculum, your Mm -hmm. degree. It's cucked. They're cucking us. Cuck gameplay. My my final semesters are all CIS and tech electives, which are essentially my specialization. I get to take like either electrical or computer science classes just uh, on my own fruition. <laughs> and of course, I take the ones that seem like they're the easiest, but they they turn out to be way more work. And I'm like, I just fucked myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of this semester, uh, I think I lose my scholarship, which is like it was expected in the first mm -hmm. place. I knew I wasn't going to keep it up the entire way through, but I'm going to be a part time student. And just so that way I can take shit at my own pace. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like most of like I'm already paying for most of it out of pocket anyway. Yeah. So it's like doing this this fucking full semester, full student, uh, whatever the fuck. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not worth it with the amount of money that I have to pay. And I was only doing it because I got money out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I lose that, might as well just be part-time student. I'm already super close to the end of my fucking graduation. I'm going to take it at my own pace. I'm going to do school my way properly. Yeah. Fucking finally. It's a predatory system to make you do like the, the idea of a full-time student being uh, like 15 credits, some mm-hmm. like 15 between between 15 and 18 credits, yeah. it's super, uh, it's just very difficult for the average student. It's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. Insane. Eight, 18 credits is fucking I, mm-hmm. Dude, every single year I was taking the maximum amount of credits that yeah, like no. the fucking money would allow me because like I need to maximize the money that I'm spending yeah. right yeah. now. And now that it's all going to be on me, fuck that, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be taking like three fucking credit hours. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> I think three is probably the max that the average person can handle before it starts dipping into another aspect of their life or yeah. even the classes that they're currently taking. Yeah. Like I just want to, I want to work and actually have somewhat a semblance of a bank account. I'm constantly just threading the line of having fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, okay, you need to make eight hundred dollars by the end of the month while also doing all your schoolwork. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I could get through this with the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> if I only lose if I only eat twice this <laughs> month outside of whatever's in the fridge. All right. I can get two hours of sleep on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a fucking vicious cycle. And I just, I'm so excited. I'm genuinely so excited to be a part-time student. Yeah. I'm excited to lose my scholarship. <laughs> I, no, because I'll be so fucking happy. No, that's true. Like that's I'm fair. so excited. Yeah. Taking like five classes is so difficult. It's so and stressful yeah. for no fucking, fucking reason and it's also because they try to cram as much information into one course as possible Mm -hmm. which i guess is like fair but you have to understand that three credits is scaled to like uh, it's a lot more than three credits was back in the day oh yeah yeah yeah. because you're learning a lot more information and you have a lot more to actually do so being able to do all this stuff in one semester is very difficult and in your case or i guess all of our cases because i'm pretty sure we all have the same kind of scholarship where it's mm-hmm. like if you're not a full-time student yeah. you, you're get fucked, fucked. Go yeah. fuck yourself which is like it's super predatory in that in that instance because being able to manage that is nearly impossible so they're mm-hmm. basically preying on your downfall from the beginning where it's like we're giving Absolutely. you this money 
And if you don't do this basically impossible task, yeah. you're not going to get the money, which leaves them the ability to say, oh, well, you're not doing this. We get to keep the money that we would yeah. have for scholarships and everything. Yeah, it's because they, they got the bag from the student loans. So yeah. It's like they don't really give a fuck. Uh, it's just it's so nice finally like doing school on your own fucking terms. And yeah. like if you have the opportunity to do that, fucking do it. It's it's. Mm-hmm. So I've also I've heard that like like summer semesters. Summer semesters, yeah. one class, eight weeks, and it's, it's just it's bad. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dude, amazing. I took a I took a, an an electronics laboratory, <laughs> uh, I think two summers ago, and it was a uh, it was a sixteen week course, but I took it in the summer, so it was only I think about eight, eight weeks. weeks. It was eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, which is already, I think, the shortest amount. Yeah. And then it was cut in half because of my degree. I was taking a version of the class that I didn't necessarily need to do the entire version of. Oh, it, it was mm-hmm. like a master's course. Or no, what? it well, uh, it was a master's course, yeah. but it was, um, it was mainly for electrical engineers. But since I was only computer, I only needed to oh, do like the first okay. half of it, I which see. was like the more important part for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they crammed so much shit into that class. Like I had, uh, it was Mondays and Wednesdays, which isn't so bad, but it was three hours lab at nine in the morning. And it was- The 9 a.m. part killed Yeah, that is bad. (laughs) It was also during the ending days of COVID. Well, not ending days because we're still in the COVID pandemic, but it was- we thought were the ending days. (laughs) It was when when the restrictions started to loosen up a little bit. Mm Um, but either way, we still had it online and it it always went like an hour or two over. So it ended up being a four or five hour lab. It was awful. And like uh, I would spend all day Monday doing the lab. I would have to do a pre-lab, the lab report, and then another assignment for the next lab by Wednesday. So it was like Tuesdays were taken up by me doing these kind of lab reports. And then Wednesday, I had to do it all over again. Granted, I have the rest of the weekend to do that, or I had the rest of the weekend to do that, which wasn't so bad. But it was still so much fucking work. It made a four week course into something that felt like I was doing (laughs) like a full time job. You're doing like a boot camp. Yeah, it was one course. (laughs) It was two credits. Oh my God. You did that for two credits? Yes, two credits and you're sitting there five hours. Yeah, and it leads back into the other, the the concept that we were just talking about where it's like they overload you with this kind of shit. And it's like, I mean, I've had a lot of professors now say like, this is a course that should be four or five credits condensed into a three credit course. It should be illegal that it's fucking two credits. They don't care. Yeah, I guess. Big college is like, fuck (laughs) students. But here's like a dog on campus for mental health. Yeah, what was it? Goats. <laughs> yeah, yo, goat yoga in the quad. Yay. What happened to that, you know, that student loan forgiveness that was supposed to go out way back Democrats. forever? That's what happened. Goddamn <laughs> liberal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to see that until like Biden's about to get. Uh, <laughs> we're it, not going to see until, like, until we're 30. Well, probably. Well, the next elections in 2024. So we're probably not going to see it until uh, at the very least next year. I don't even know if it'll happen unless there's like some massive education reform, because I think like um, like just canceling student loan debt doesn't really like solve the big issues at hand. Like I think like for student loan forgiveness would be part of like the solution. But it's like if you don't make like uh colleges and shit free after that like um at least certain two-year or community colleges or something like that yeah, you don't you know, like go big then, like oh your phd is yeah like, yeah no you don't have to do that the problem doesn't end <laughs> but it helps the people that were already yeah. affected by yeah. it mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying like um i like in order for it to get passed like politically you know you need to get like larger base of support and i think mm-hmm. that would get more people behind it because like i think college degree or college grads or students are not like i we don't I don't vote. think, well, yeah, we don't vote. <laughs> and then, and then two, um, there's like, uh, we're just like outnumbered by like mm-hmm. old as fuck people. Well, who millennials don't a are, a, yeah, are like the biggest are. part of that. Yeah. Well, wait, what do you mean? Like they're the ones that, well, they're, they're not the ones that are affected most by it, but it, they're the largest group. They're the largest generation that has gone through with this extreme yeah. amount of debt in mind. That's true. But there's, um, cause like, Gen Z's, Gen Z's are just now getting into college. Yeah. Yeah, it, it weighs on millennials more. And millennials are actually, I'm pretty sure, like a larger voting block than boomers. But, um, yeah, or like, boomers, well, yeah, boomers, yeah. <laughs> boomers, there's not many left of them now. <laughs> and Gen Xers were kind of in the interim stage where it was starting to get bad. Yeah. So it, it really depends on what you did there. We but they probably boomer reserves. So we just keep them in their <laughs> own. Boomer reserves like. are just hospice centers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> True. Boomer internment camps. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We have boomer 
Well, with our current healthcare system, that's basically what they're doing. Yeah. They're just siphoning the funds of like the boomers of bank accounts because they're they're probably already loaded because they actually lived through an econ economy that wasn't dog shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. For the most part, at for least. For like 100 years. Yeah, I think sure <laughs> For 100 years. <laughs> for the last 100 years, it kind of been good. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all the Southern? My go-to. <laughs> <laughs> for boomers. I mean, Idea. boomers, racist, Southerners, racist. Yeah, know. I kind of lump them all together. <laughs> when I think Americans, I, I just think, well, being a pessimist, I think the worst. Yeah. But, you know, mostly all that kind of culminates in the South. Yeah, when I it is like kind of weird that like the American archetype, I think, is kind of like a southern dude who's like, Woo, yeah. monster <laughs> trucks, you know, like fucking yeah. blasting uh that's the way the world music sees and watching us. NASCAR. I mean, yeah. they they are kind of the loudest, not going to yeah, lie. They're the yeah, they're the loudest. That's yeah. that's the best point though, is that the the loudest speak for our country right yeah. now. It's so cringe. That's We'd have peanut farmer for a president. <laughs> Never <laughs> forget that. A peanut Shout farmer. out. Wait, Parm? Shout out the farmer. <laughs> Shout out Shout Parm out Parmesan cheese, bro. That shit is my life. I don't I'm don't not say gonna, I'm not gonna say that I hate Parmesan cheese, but it's like I I don't know any other cheeses besides like cheddar parmesan that I like I would eat at any given moment. Monster. Well, mozzarella. First of all, let's distinguish this. It's cheese that you'd eat as like just the cheese. Just as a straight snack. cheese. Yeah. Like straight a cheese. block of cheese, like one slice. Where would you ever get a slice of Parmesan? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck would eat a slice of Parmesan? Uh, you know, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, maybe like on a charcuterie board or something. Yeah. And so that, like, that would be good. With my grapes. In my <laughs> wine. Dude, pepper jack cheese and is ham. like the most goaded cheese oh, possible. Pepper jack is really good. I don't like pepper fuck jack. Fuck you. Yeah, you're, I, fuck I, you for that. Welcome, to the, welcome to the the Two Dudes podcast. <laughs> We're Pepper Jack boys all the way. If you don't like Pepper Jack, get the fuck out of our face. I don't like pepper. What? Whoa. What? <laughs> Hold on. This is a completely different <laughs> BM right now. How do you not like pepper? It's just like it's I need spicy. it in such tiny amounts of quant tiny quantities that like I might as well just not use it ever. Are you saying you have a little baby mouth? Well, yeah. what do you I not just like? I don't about like it? the taste of pepper. Pepper just isn't like a great spice, in mm. my opinion. I feel like it adds a lot of just. Well, well it depends it, on the pepper. Also, that on. is also very pepper, true. Pepper jack cheese does not taste peppery. Oh no, it's it's it just spicy. has a little bit of spice. Yeah, I think it has a little bit of. Uh, I, don't I just don't like spice in the first it. place. I mean, I'll eat it, but it's just like I don't want to choose a spice lifestyle. <laughs> I, I have, on the, in contrast, I have been choosing the yeah. spice lifestyle. Dude, I've been I've been eating like these fucking spicy chips forever because it's just like the jalapeno some, chip, yeah, the fucking jalapeno <laughs> chips. Bullshit. It's like I I don't even like them. I'm just eating them because it's, it's entertaining to watch it on your streams. It makes me not snack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's fair. like salt and vinegar chips where it's you have a couple and you're like, I'm good. I'm Dude, done. no. For me, I'm a fiend for the, for the salt and vinegar chips. I'm going to get with that point, at that point with the fucking jalapeno chips or the fucking ghost pepper chips because it's just like, oh, I eat these because, you know, I don't want to snack too much, but it's all I eat. So I'm going to end up <laughs> fucking like Pavlov dogging myself yeah. into being like, ooh, these are actually pretty good. I personally think that spicy shit tends to have the most like intense flavors and like the some of the best flavors too. Like I enjoy the spice. Jamaican I, jerk chicken. Those fucking. spices are few and far between for me. A lot of times the spice is just like it exists just to be hot. There's no flavor involved. It's one of those dichotomies where it's an overkill most of the time. It's like yeah. when you're eating a lot of the spice, it's on like a, a chicken wing that's yeah. made to make you shit fire yeah. for a week. That it's shit like, is dumb. Like, it's hard I, I to don't find like tasteful spice. Yeah, there's no artistry in the spice, especially in American cuisine. It's oh, like fuck, we yeah. barely use any spice. Also, <laughs> another thing to consider is that some people do have like higher spice tolerances. So like those spicier flavors, they might enjoy those more because they actually get a little bit of the kick from the they spice. The and they get the the flavor that you can they can actually taste. Why why do people use nicotine when spice exists? Have you ever <laughs> like eaten something so spicy that you, your brain just like quantum explodes? <laughs> you on you feel like you're getting high dimension for I some reason. When when you're like, why do people smoke nicotine when they could just do spice? I, I was thinking, thinking of, of like, like like no, I was thinking <laughs> of like fucking, I was thinking of like K two like, like oh. yeah, <laughs> synthetic weed. Just fucking smoke K two, bro. <laughs> just fucking do that, bro. Spice is epic. What were you about to say? 
uh, I was gonna, I forget what I was actually gonna say. Um, like I was gonna, oh, I was just gonna say, like, just do a spice blend at that point if you need something that's a little bit hotter because yeah. you can still get a lot of flavor out of really spicy shit. I yeah. have no time to actually do cooking ever. Mm. Well, I'm talking about in the general scheme of American cuisine because it's just like that, if you want something to be hotter, you don't have to load it with fucking Carolina Pepper Reaper X Delta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like most spices we develop are you're like, we could use this as a weapon. <laughs> I think they did. There they have. Oh, yeah, like they absolutely they, yeah. have. Those are uh, that, that is one, a bioweapon. Yeah, yeah those like is, yeah. Pepper X or whatever the fuck it's being used. Pepper as, X. <laughs> the Carolina Reapers and Pepper X. Like, well, like they, hot ones. They started being used as like really? actual um, hot ones as biological weapons. warfare. I, have you seen like the there? They have like every new season oh, that yeah, they have guests on. Lineup. Yeah, they have like. Uh, they have like a meeting sometimes with the farmer that they they get their uh, like sauce fucking Sean Evans be cooking up in the lab though. Well, it's not Sean Evans. It's like a farmer. It's, that they get from. it's like a famous <laughs> farmer. Apparently that is gr- It's like he's he's the one that's generating. He's these, Sean he's quite literally like a mad scientist. He really is. He just like he's like, I want to make it deadlier. Sean yeah, Evans has 34 spice reservoirs in his body he spice and he is able to dispense um, 375 million different combinations <laughs> of spices He's to create the most perfect hot sauce and the golden path of hot sauce. Yeah. Like he's maybe a, he's a hot sauce sage. 20 mm-hmm. or 30 years down the line, I want to see a, like a genetic study of Sean Evans and how the, <laughs> like his spice. bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> well, like not not his bloodline, but him himself. Like what has all these spices done to him? Like, <laughs> he has, like ulcers throughout <laughs> yeah, his whole entire like, body. His stomach's his stomach lining is so worn down, he can only eat like yogurt. <laughs> they have like life support off camera. <laughs> you can't see like the wires or anything and he's just like Somebody's like mouthing the words for him because yeah. he can no longer. He, he set up on like a those fucking the, the, <laughs> like the a puppeteer like a, uh, weekend at burning fucking <laughs> Sean Evans to eat hot wings. The walking corpse. He's got like Evans. a thousand yard stare. Like just he's interviewing the the guests and they're he just actually, like, are you are you alive? He actually gets yes. more gray every season. You notice that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. It's like he has like a cheek a hole in his cheek. It's like, holy fuck, Sean, take care of your body. And they're going to get piercing. They're only going to get more (laughs) stronger as as, uh, like the spices. They're only going to they're only going to get stronger and stronger, which is what I was saying earlier. Like they have a meeting with the the mad scientist. Yeah, Mr. Pepper, the mad scientist (laughs) farmer. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got this new pepper and it's like four billion Scoville. I don't know about you, Sean, but if you ain't dead yet, you better be. (laughs) He's actually just trying to kill him and his guest. (laughs) Sean and the pepper farmer are like arch nemeses from like childhood. Yeah. And he's been poisoning him with spices since he was a baby. He's been been slow dosing him. He's been he's been trying to find what kills him, but he couldn't do it. He gave him a a ghost pepper at three years old. Yeah, ghost peppers in his baby formula. (laughs) Oh my god! It's like peas, like squashed uh, fucking carrots, and like pepper (laughs) eggs. It's just a a jar of black. (laughs) It looks like tar. It's glowing. It's radiated. <laughs> it, it doesn't reflect any light. It's only sucking in light. It's Vanta Black. <laughs> Spoon feeding it to a baby. Now with this batch, I wanted to see what would happen if I were to irradiate the pepper before I, before I planted the seed. I feel like they're going to accidentally discover the secret to life in these peppers. <laughs> like scientists in the labs are trying to like find the the genetic formula the yeah, pure slice forever. <laughs> one, one of the boys and like they doing the cadavers like they're just eating their spice that accidentally one drops is like <laughs> the, the dude wakes up <laughs> Mr. Pepper we've had a breakthrough <laughs> finally the secret to life <laughs> one of our test subjects it's 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 alive <laughs> but it's, it's not the same it's just crawling around <laughs> it's like a fucking an alternate human. It like spits pure spice at people. <laughs> oh my god! Actual capsaicin blast. <laughs> That's just the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it takes over your brain. 
<laughs> and re- it only releases capsaicin throughout the body. <laughs> yeah, so if it's pure spice. <laughs> God, I'm on fire. <laughs> I'm burning. Oh my, that would actually feel so, imagine the, the feeling when you're, it's too spicy just all around your body. Yeah, I would, oh my that God. would be fucked. That's actual pain. Because it's probably not what it feels like to be burned alive. No. It's, like not at all, but like, It'd oh. be very similar. Yeah. I mean, well, it would be the spice in your mouth all over your body. I would have to it be would, nude. All that's the time. a really good description. <laughs> yeah, I would have to be nude all the time. Like, yeah, I would just be clothes are no good. Ass. You look I, like a. You look like you're on bath salts walking around. <laughs> you're like, I'm so fucking spiced right now. <laughs> I would get a specialized suit that is like filled with micro needles that just injects milk into my body. <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop I mainlining was, milk. I was thinking brain. like instead of hot hands, like just a bunch of ice packs. I, that wouldn't do suit. it. It wouldn't. Yeah, do it wouldn't it. do enough. You need to get intravenous with I it. Th- couldn't you, know? you still get like hypothermia from that too? Milk is pretty cold. <laughs> no, because technically you aren't like hot. Oh yeah, it's like I don't know. It's some well, weird it, shit. I think it does you like raise your hot. It raises your body temperature when oh. you take when you eat like spicy food. I'm pretty sure, oh. or at least it it'd feel- probably lower your regulation either way. Yeah, and then you die. It's like how uh, drugs usually affect you, anyways. It's like they lower your body's regulatory oh, yeah, temperature. True. So it's fl- like you usually you get hotter, but you're more susceptible to temperature. Going back to the spice high thing, you'd be tripping balls all the time. <laughs> yeah, like fucking pain visions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need like the still suit from fucking uh from Dune, Not but even filled that. with it milk. Save you. <laughs> you're constantly generating new milk from your body. <laughs> new milk. I'm the milk monk. <laughs> I, I'm, I've had so much spice flowing through my body. My my tits produce milk. <laughs> but you're a male. Yeah. Isn't it, my, your body is evolving to like help you deal with the like, spice. God help. One <laughs> <laughs> of you guys had the idea a while ago of doing a podcast where we took like a ghost we pepper or something. <laughs> well, yeah, where we milk each other. It wasn't a it wasn't a ghost pepper, but it was like a. I was talking about how we end the podcast with a habanero pepper. Yeah. Because I was wa- just at the time go. I was watching a uh, hot pepper gaming. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just it's a really cool idea trying to get out just like this review of something within <laughs> like these two minutes of just pure hell. It would have been a fun bit. It would have yeah. been hilarious. Hot pepper gaming is good content. They're dead now. I wouldn't. Are they? I like their channels like absolutely yeah. like they're over with. Oh, they're yeah. Damn. Everyone's moved on. Yeah. That's I watched nice. that shit back in like fuck like 2015. 2014, like, that, yeah. like a, w- a long ass time. Sounds yeah. about right. Fucking uh, Matt from Super Mega was uh, on that like twice. Yeah, I do remember that. Because that, that was back when he was in Syndigo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out Syndigo. Shout out Syndigo once again. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been able to uh, fully get into spice enough to be able to say that I can handle a spicy pepper. Yeah. No, I, I still cannot handle spice. I no, just I do it because, because I I'm a fucking masochist. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as, as a kid, I didn't eat much spicy food because I didn't like the, the sensation on it well, on my mouth. Well, it, it is kind of because I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't have like the correct exposure to it because if yeah. I grew up with, you know, different cuisine in my household, I would have been much more tuned with it. But now that I'm getting older, it is a little bit more melanin. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit more of literally any culture than <laughs> the one I grew up with. But yeah, um, it's like now that I'm older and I get to experience more food on my own, I am finding myself enjoying a lot more like mildly spicy foods yeah. and it makes me want to try spicier shit. I think I can it's handle. A, it's a tolerance thing. Like you build up your own tolerance. Yeah, yeah I can finally eat mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Peppers. Like, uh, I mean, Is that why pepper? you don't like peppers. <laughs> yeah. No, like the green pepper. I, I might be, I might be brown, but. My family is the whitest fucking thing you've ever seen. Well, you're half white. Yeah, so you got a little white. bit in you. Yeah. <laughs> I started off with like low level spice tolerance. Some people start with none. Like me. Uh, <laughs> like me. I barely had any too. My brother, he was like fucking, and he still is like spice queen. Spice queen. Yeah. And literally every time at dinner, like we'd have like chicken or something, he'd fucking like glowed up like a ton of Frank's buffalo red. sauce. Yeah. Like he would just go fucking insane with it. That's American spice. Yeah. That Frank's red is real some shit, Like some spice. scrambled eggs with some Frank's red hot. That shit's good though. For, no, wait, Cholula, Cholula and eggs. 
Mm-hmm. I haven't had Cholula. Guys, it's, it's like you a guys want to talk about Mexican. You guys want to talk about spice? Why don't you get that that uh that what's the fucking red gum? <laughs> oh, oh fucking fuck! Oh, what is it? Is it big red? <laughs> big it's, red. Yeah. It's big red. Yeah. Yeah. You want a big red? Train up that time spice tolerance. I actually really like that gum. I, I think big red's good too. I don't like big reds, but I do enjoy a similar like candy, which is the fucking the red uh, hots. The, yeah, red yeah. hots. Yeah, that, I think candy is really good to me. Like that flavor. Yeah, I think it's, it's just the perfect flavor, yeah. spice. I think um, with Big Red, the chewing gum, it's really good for like the first 15 minutes and then it's just pain. Like yeah, there, yeah. there's no more flavor anymore. It's like that with any sour candy though. Like those extreme warheads. Oh, I don't think that's tongue. true. Yeah, no, because it, it's super sour and then it's super sweet. And it's super Well, gone. it depends what yeah. you're eating. Well, that, that's a different game. Well, like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids leave that kind of like uh, the, it's like eroding your mouth as you that's eat it. That's the good shit. That's not good. I want it, after I eat candy, I want it to taste like I've just drank in a full fucking gallon of battery acid. I you like probably that. have. Yeah, good. <laughs> I like that feeling after the Cabin Crunch when I can't taste no more. Dude, oh, this, no. The fucking sour cereal. There's definitely some sour cereal out there. there that would be weird. They're, that would be taste weird. like ass. Yeah, we should do a bit where we just eat warheads, but in, in like but in milk. milk. Yeah, just uh. cereal. <laughs> I don't know where else we would go with it. I don't but like that would this, just be it. I don't like this bit anymore. Hey guys, <laughs> warheads and milk. Uh. Yeah, we eat it. <laughs> wow, it's bad. <laughs> Who would have thought? That's the uh, bit's over, guys. We're done here. <laughs> We're right. done here. Next bit, we, we cook up dishes for each other, but we have to do them blindfolded. And we, we don't know what the ingredients are. I think are. that would be a really good bit in general, that considering that like we aren't master chefs by any means. I think it'd be fun to just gather we ingredients. Get Anaya Speak to, for yourself. I am. A, yeah, actually, Anaya that would be a good. Us. Yeah, that would yeah. be a good. Anaya, who is a graduate of. Uh, Master the Chef, chef School. Master, yeah, Master, yeah, Master Chef, chef uh, West. <laughs> Master Chef West. <laughs> Master Chef EU. <laughs> NA, actually. Oh, yeah. Gordon Ramsay Gordon kisses Bloody the Bennett. floor in front of Anaya. <laughs> we, should have, we should make meals for Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Get him on the show. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I'm going to send him a That'll DM be easy. on Twitter. Hey, Gordon, want to come on hey, our hey, podcast? Gordon. <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that bit would be funny. Not with the Gordon Ramsay just making food for each other. I think that would be other. hilarious if it was Gordon Ramsay. With, that's on another level. <laughs> we could tell Anaya to act like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be I, hilarious. I'm gonna be. I don't want my girlfriend yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna feel sad. You're gonna make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm gonna <Dog> cry. <laughs> this, this is dog water. Okay. Wait, can, can, I, can I? You're like actually crying, dude. I genuinely got myself sad. Thinking about my girlfriend yelling at me. I just wanted to like the dish that I, I made. Just, I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> Uh, you God. make like like fucking peanut butter toast and you give it to her <laughs> the thing is like in the moment I know for sure I wouldn't be sad because it's like it's part of the bit I get it uh, but no also, you gotta cry on cam me, th- <laughs> me thinking right now that it's genuine I'm kind of tearing up a bit <laughs> it'd be funny if you were able to cook something that's genuinely well made and she's like this is fucking <laughs> ass I liked it that's <laughs> so funny and then we come out with like like literal cereal just like Captain Crunch you know, in a bowl For my she's dude. like this is fucking great <laughs> it's perfect the milk the to cereal ratio yeah, yeah the for, portion for size. my dish it took about three days I had to I had to caramelize these onions for about eight hours and then I had I a slow <laughs> roast a brisket and then for dessert I got pop brownies <laughs> <laughs> you would probably win on those alone I would definitely win the brownies use mama's recipe <laughs> <laughs> shout out mama she Mom, ain't dead, but Mama already know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> Something that I came across recently that I found was very interesting was a uh, there was a, an experimental composer named John Cage, Ooh. and he did a uh, a piece where it was like two. It was uh, you know however many instrumentalists in a um, it was however many instrumentalists like on a stage about to perform, and then right when they start, they don't do anything at all, and they do four minutes and 33 seconds of literal no music. And the aspect of it is like the room noise and like the general ambience of like the, the audience coughing or like someone's shifting around mm-hmm. is the, the piece itself. That's really interesting. 
Uh, it was a, on a recent Adam Neely video that I saw and he transcribed the piece <laughs> in like professional music notation oh and it's just full of like ghost notes and like random rests mm -hmm. and it even details like the shifts and random movements of people in the crowd and everything. Interesting. He has a video. Um, I could probably link it, uh, but he has a I think there's like a, a performance that he did with another YouTuber of like that 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 composition. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Because it leads into the idea of like what we consider music in general. Yeah. Because I recently have been getting into like a lot of ambient music. Like I've been making ambient music. It's Welcome not any good club. or anything, but I've found a lot of interest in it because of its simplicity. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, you can, you can do something that's very layered or detailed and you can also do something that's very minimalistic. Like it's literally just the synthesizer going on its own. Yeah. Or like you have like fucking two chords that you just switch back yeah. and forth between and it's just like suspension. there's like a whole vibe yeah it's just like suspension the whole time i think that's like a big reason why i'm i really like uh how uh music production has become very much digitized you know it's like way more accessible now there, there's so also like, a lot of different sounds that you can yeah get that's what i was about like to say, before yeah. it's like Oh, I can only get this 1980 super Bose bass. Yeah. Well, like the the waves that were generated by machines back in like the 70s and 80s when synthesizers were, were becoming popularized, it was literally only like four different algorithms. It was like sine wave, uh, triangle wave, saw wave, and like mm -hmm. a square wave. And then all digital music has been generated from different combinations of those waves. Things like FM synthesis, different <clears throat> kinds of uh, algorithms to actually, you know, combine these different uh, synthesizing tools like automation, all these different things can craft basically any noise. Like I've been getting into more sound design too. And it's honestly really interesting how easy it is to make like a digital snare. Yeah, It's literally just like a low attack white noise where it just goes mm -hmm. and that's it. And it literally sounds like a snare, not a good one. Yeah. It sounds kind of dog shit, but you can definitely tell it's a snare or a clap or a kick. Mm -hmm. Or like the, you can like literally make voices and shit with synths and like actually I mean, well, with those at, fucking AI generated uh, uh, voices, you can get like fucking Dr. Kleiner to say <laughs> some weird shit. Come Look fart. <laughs> like Spongebob. You, uh, when Baby Keem was first like, he just released his album. I remember seeing a- uh, <laughs> The Spongebob yeah, cover the Spongebob, of it, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Let me have I mean, that's, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually insane what we can do with this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> And well, Patrick's like, on there too. Fuck the me. the digital audio workstation by itself is like a whole musical instrument that I feel yeah. like it's just now becoming. It's it's like the synthesizer stage now. Mm -hmm. Like the ten, the 2010s and 2020s are basically equivalents of the 1980s and 70s of synthesizers, where people are actually starting to understand what you can do with a DAW because you can do some literal crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, with the you can just put like one synthesizer note in the DAW and then the computer generates that noise from whatever instrument you're using and you can just let it go and it'll make an entire song. Yeah. Do you guys think we're in a period of a like a technological renaissance right now? In or terms are we of working art? towards it? I feel like we've kind of like we're experiencing one, but it happened like probably 10 years ago, you know, like with the advent mm -hmm. of just like more accessible computers and yeah, wider yeah. internet access, you know, and, and just like the kind of, you know, it's like every day there's like some new shit that you'll see online. That's like, it's like, holy fuck, we can do this with yeah, AI or technology. We are work? without a doubt in one of them, like the <coughs> most unique periods yeah. in the past, the, like thousand dude, years, like Hatsune Miku or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's like she doesn't exist, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. but she's, she's one of the fucking, biggest pop stars. Yeah, <laughs> it's like insane. Literally has real uh, augmented reality concerts with like holograms yeah. and shit like that's a, that's a fucking thing that exists and then there are just these these nerds in the crowds <laughs> or it's like they're fucking glow sticks they're like doing some advanced chore mm -hmm, yeah. choreography that those people like they they come up with and they do add like these concerts and stuff there's it's fucking crazy yeah. like the um, you get a physical fucking workout from that shit because oh, yeah. you have to be in time in beat with the rest of the crowd mm -hmm. that's yeah, actually TikTok crazy <laughs> yeah they, they pretty much scale. do tiktok dances Thirty thousand people in the arena doing the renegade Thirty thousand people used to live here now it's a coliseum <laughs> I don't know. shut up i'm i'm leaving bad horror back two to sentences. two guys podcast <laughs> Uh, it brought up the uh, like the whole uh, the John Cage composition that I brought up was like, what is what do you guys can do you guys consider like room ambience an actual piece of music? I don't consider it good music, but I, I can definitely see 
I consider it good music. I personally don't like it because I go crazy with just room <laughs> noise. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically all subjective, which, you know, music is in general. But Did you ever bring up on the podcast, was it you actually who like, oh, one night it was just like you were laying down and like the you thought this song was going oh on my forever fucking god fucking i love noise. i love this story okay so i was over <laughs> um sean's house one day we were uh just like hanging out and everything and i was going i was getting ready to go to sleep i had something that was wrong with my tooth so i was in pain for like the entire time we were hanging out and i was just like waiting to go to sleep this is back in high school and we were listening to echoes by pink floyd and this was my first time hearing it so, and I know it's like a 24 minute long you song high? or something, maybe <laughs> it was like a 24 minute long song or something. And I was just sitting there, like trying to go to sleep, listening to the song or whatever. And then after a while it ended and I was just listening to, cause it fades out at the end. And I was just listening to like the refrigerator, like making ice <laughs> and like humming. And I was like, this is still part of the song. Like I didn't know <laughs> when the song ended. And after like 10 minutes of just this, I was like, okay, the song ended, but it's astounding that I thought it was going on for yeah. so much longer after the fact. That was your John Cage experience. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the point yeah. I was going to bring up too is like, I like that aspect where it's it's something that adds like negative space to music where yeah. you don't necessarily know what is actually music because to me that is still part of the song if you have just negative space. Mm -hmm. I think so for um, you echoes is ten minutes longer. <laughs> yeah, the true <laughs> the true echoes version includes the fridge hum. <laughs> Got to make an edit of yeah. that. Echoes <laughs> deluxe. Echoes <laughs> deluxe, and it's ten minutes of just. Mm, <laughs> the pitter patter of like a, his dog in the background <laughs> but like um i personally i think i would consider that music depending on the way that you work it into the album and like the context that it exists within mm -hmm. i think it could definitely be because there's like um uh, a friend of mine izzy shout out izzy shout introduced out izzy. me to this artist named daniel johnston who does like a lot of really um, sorry, but Johnston. Yeah, Johnston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John's ton. Yeah. Johnston. Um, he, and like he has like uh, legit songs that like you know there, there's like chords He's and there's progression artist. or whatever. <laughs> but then there's like just tracks of him like talking or or like, like spoken word. It, it, some maybe or it's literally just like a conversation or something, and it has like some faint like movements that happen mm -hmm. in it, you know. And it's a really interesting to listen to, and um, I think it kind of hits on that like that really anything could be music because the same thing happened with like visual art like the whole idea of the that one toilet or whatever that yeah. was just placed in a museum oh, and, and like then the fucking banana yeah the yeah, banana, the to banana the tape to the wall like i think it really anything can be art and it's just like it's all up to the listeners or viewers perspective um it's just like the like, modernism yeah. approach to yeah. music in yeah, yeah definitely i've already i've always taken like the uh the the stance on it where there is the personal the the personal divide of is it art and do you like it mm -hmm. well yeah of course any that anything can be art but I, I just may not enjoy it yeah you know? that's a different story but i i do enjoy like uh like the, i think literally on the fucking neighborhood they had a song it was like a 60 second track that was labeled a moment of silence mm -hmm. and it's just like an empty <laughs> track like it's not dead silent but it's like you know there's like there's some like nothing really there's some like on. feedback yeah, they're, yeah or they're like um like the sound of like an amp or something mm -hmm. you know that's like the general idea of noise music but you're kind yeah. of manipulating it into more musical textures yeah i think yeah with noise they focus a lot on textures and uh and like uh what's it called at least in in my opinion from the noise that i've listened to like kind of big movements that happen mm -hmm. you know throughout the song that's something I'm, cool. I'm very interested in, in terms of like my own creations, because mm -hmm. it's, it's just fun to see what can be considered music yeah. at, at a, it's, it's kind of hard because being like a, an artist that hasn't actually released anything yet. It's mm -hmm. like, if I release a song and it's like six minutes of noise, <laughs> no one's going to be like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. But people yeah. who understand that you know, that negative space can still be considered music. They'd be like, Hey, they can judge it for what it is yeah. on, you know, within the realm of, uh, you know, that I, sector yeah. of music. It's really it, just whatever audience you're trying to connect to. Yeah. yeah. It, it's an artistic, it's, it's an artistic and an aesthetic choice. Mm -hmm. You know, like I th there is value in the, the moment of silence or whatever, or like the, just the ambient noises. Cause like even on certain like lo-fi sound songs, they'll have like ambient 
noise and then it leads into like a real track mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. where there's like beats and chords and shit and well, i think that's really cool too but that's like that's not really what you're talking well i mean about. a lot of a lot of lo-fi songs that i listen to they they can literally lead into it with like white noise of quite just like the fucking rain yeah. starting outside the, it doesn't need to have like the record needle dropping mm -hmm. or yeah. whatever yeah there's just a, a lot of shit like that do you guys remember uh the song i made called dogs where yeah. it was like it was like i think 45 minutes of just dogs in like a shelter wailing yeah <laughs> well, it, it, it was slowed and reverbed so yeah. it sounded like it, it was yeah it sounds oh, yeah. demented I don't think Alex but they're not like they're not in like pain yeah. or not it's not like i made an animal abuse yeah. song or anything like that but <laughs> animal abuse track number 1 yeah <laughs> Because wasn't it a two-parter? It was seven part parts. Album, <laughs> seven parts, I forgot. Okay. They're all like eight minutes long. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, I made that song basically as a joke, but yeah. I think even in that song in general, there's merit to there's it. There's cool parts to it. And I made that in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just took a sample, I put effects over it, <laughs> and then I, I I mastered it to like I took like a, a thirty seconds to master it, and then I'm like, all right, it's done. <laughs> Fucking shit it out. Yeah, <laughs> we listened to it all on a on a road trip that we took, <laughs> just the yeah, entire yeah. way there. That's fun. We were on our way to Columbus, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the real shit. I I think noise is really interesting like it, especially live too because you can especially with fucking amps i think amps add a lot of just like residual uh noise that kind of goes on and like if you can use that to your advantage i think you can make some really cool shit i feel it, like i don't enjoy noise a lot because it, it like i find it more easily uh distracting uh, than it is than for like a song. A song I can kind of listen to in the background and tune out. But noise, I have like this weird hyper fixation on like, say I hear like a fucking a nail drop in like the other room or some shit. It's like, oh, I heard that. You know, and I have just, to see what that is. Yeah, it, it just constantly pisses me off. Like these little tiny things. Like it, it's always tiny things with me, mm -hmm. like my peen. But <laughs> it's just like shit like that annoys me, and yeah. I, I can't really do it. I, I understand the appeal of it, but I can't I can't do it personally. I mean, that's yeah. fine. There's yeah, nothing I, wrong with not enjoying music. Yeah, I don't to, know. Or a, a genre of music. I don't know if I'm ever going to get in the car and then queue up a moment of silence by the neighborhood. You <laughs> I, know what I mean? Like, There are times, though, when I'm like driving the car and like I don't want to listen to music. I that's just totally listen. different, though. That's entirely different. You're not listening to a track. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, saying I'm yeah, saying I'm not going to I'm not going to go into my track and queue. Um just something that's very silent. Like I would listen to it if it was on an album, right? And mm -hmm. it's like an aesthetic choice and I'm listening to the whole album or whatever, but it's just not something I'd probably uh, go out of my way to like listen for. Unless it, unless they were doing something like really interesting with it, mm -hmm. you know? I feel like more albums, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate enough like the interludes in albums. Yeah. Because I mean, generally they're not going to get like radio play or anything mm -hmm. like that because it's, it's usually as an interlude, yeah. it's like a break for an album. But the way it's like the artist that creates these kinds of interludes and like ambient pieces or whatever. put them in there for a reason. Yeah. It's like there, it's a choice that kind of, uh, it, it congregates a central idea of the album. And yeah, it, it's usually like interludes are meant to give a a greater meaning to the <laughs> album where it's like, you're not just listening to the music because it's catchy or something else. It's like, yeah. There's something else going on because of this interlude. Yeah. It adds being, a, a larger, um, yeah. Greater meaning like, Oh, there's a song by Domo Genesis um, where he starts the, and I think a lot of people do this um, where like they start with like a voicemail or something or like yeah. a um, something like just somebody talking about them or talking about something or whatever. I always find those tracks really cool because it's like you hear that and then you like listen to the whole track and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, he's getting all this inspiration from these people or this or that, you know, it's like, it adds it, more background. Yeah, it, it adds like, Cause then it, it like, um, but then you have like other artists who I think who don't do that and they leave a lot up to your interpretation, mm -hmm. which I think is also cool. It's just like, it's all about, you know, what, you know, like machine girl or something like they don't yeah. really have like a lot of context to their songs. They just like, they, they kind of just, just say shit yeah, and then they, leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Artistic <laughs> <You> know, freedom. <laughs> they come in, they shit on the floor, set it on fire, and then fucking walk out. In terms, <laughs> in terms of like an artistic vision, I understand the the purpose of it, but I kind of don't like leaving the open-endedness of that. It's yeah. just something that I feel like is not only overdone, but I feel like it's just kind of lazy. I, I like when like it's done well. Closing? 
Yeah, kind of. Like I like having something that is very explicit. When you know, no matter how simple it is, maybe a greater meaning could be uh, gathered from the, you know, the evidence in the uh, in the album or I guess a greater musical context mm-hmm. or I guess in any art form, even shows do this all the time, too, where it's like the ending doesn't really make sense or it's like it ends maybe too soon. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it's up to your your interpretation. Like Neon Genesis does oh, it. Oh, my fuck. Or it's like at the end, it's just like, what the fuck happened? And then it ends and mm-hmm. it happens twice because the original ending it got extended from the movie that oh came afterwards. <laughs> and it, the same thing happens where you're just like, Oh, cool. Like, yeah, what happens now? It doesn't feel and satisfying. Then you see it all again in the reboot. <laughs> well, I think the movie gives a more satisfying ending because it's, it, it gives you something to leave off on. And it's like, uh, you know, everything's done, but you don't know what happens afterward because it seems like there's still mm-hmm. a lot more to, you know, show. Yeah. And in, in art in general, I, I just feel like that is so overdone now it just makes me feel like the entire purpose of leading up to this point, it doesn't matter. It's like, you can yeah. just watch the ending and be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> none, I, none, of, none of the leading events fucking. Gave <laughs> yeah. Me. I think, um, I think it totally depends. Cause I think you can do it well and you can do it really shittily, you know, like if, um, I like it, but I just feel like it, it, no one, no one has done it well. Yeah. Do you think you're much just like jaded from exposure? Cause I know I run into the same thing when it comes to like a bunch of anime or, or TV shows or movies where it's just, I've seen so many. I've seen so many of these tropes being done, the done well, done poorly. But I'm just kind of tired of seeing this thing done. Shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know I do enjoy it. I'm not gonna say I don't like it or like I think it's a bad ending. It's just something that it's done so much now because it was popularized. It's a yeah. trope. Yeah. Do you guys believe in the death of the artist? Uh, oh, describe the- to me what you mean. Like if I'm an artist and I make some piece of art, whether it's a painting, movie, song or whatever, it's um, like I have my own intentions in creating that. But like as far as making as far as other people enjoying it, like you can glean more um, value from a piece of art just by making your own interpretation of it. You know, like so, yep. so certain like like I think foreign music is a good example of this, like songs from like Japan or Korea or wherever. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know, if you don't understand the words, you kind of make your own story about like what the song's about or like, what are they trying to say? If you don't look up the lyrics, you know, yeah. you might know the title or whatever, but like, and I think that aspect, I think that's really cool. I enjoy that because, but then like, cause like sometimes you'll listen to a song and you'll, you'll get into like the certain headspace about it and you'll really enjoy it. And then you, you look at like the lyrics or whatever, or it's like something completely or, different. Yeah, it's something like you. It's a, compl- a way different vibe, you know. I think I think that's cool, you know, because then I think having those multiple interpretations and then talking to other people about their interpretations, I think that's also part of the value of art. Mm-hmm. It you know? gives people more options, and I like it gives you more avenues to to essentially just enjoy the experience. Yeah. And and that's and why I think I, that's okay. I, yeah. I enjoy it, but that's why I'm saying like I think when you do something too explicitly, you kind of like. Like you stop that from like mm-hmm. happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it all depends on your intentions and like what you, what you want other people to gain from this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, interpretation is a very powerful tool, but I guess the best example I can probably describe to you of what I mean is something like there was an album that came out last year, um, whole lot of by floating points called promises. And it's, it's basically like a, like neoclassical music. It's modern day classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the entire song, there's like nine, uh, I guess songs, even though it's one continuous song, um, like one continuous called, track, well, nine it's movements. It, yeah. There are movements. Oh, okay, it's yeah. literally movement one, movement yeah, two yeah, yeah. through nine. Um, I know and, classical music. and the, <laughs> from one to seven, um, they have this motif that's going on throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it's kind of like, I can't really describe it to you because it is very interesting, but right at the end it just kind of leaves you off and it has a very like this, uh, it has a very ambiguous feeling towards mm-hmm. the last two tracks. And my interpretation of it is that like the promises haven't been kept. Yeah. That's something that I, uh, interpreted the music trying to tell mm-hmm. me. And I feel like it's a very simple thing, but it's very powerful. Yeah. And that makes it really cool. So it's like, I don't have to do too much interpreting mm-hmm. to be able to understand that that is the artist's, um, uh, you know, uh, message here. Is it the artist message? It may not be, but it's heavily implied to be. And I think interpretation in that regard, I think is, is good because there's something that is pretty obvious, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily, you know, 
hard the answer. Yeah, right. And what album was this? Because I want to listen to it later. Uh, it's called Promises by Floating Points. I can link it to you after. Right, um, cool. I'd be interested. It's too. it's really cool. I think it's very interesting. It's probably one of my favorites of like the the past couple of years, um, especially in terms of classical music. Mm-hmm. But it's like with that kind of interpretation, that's I think something that is done well. Yeah. In terms of art in general, I think interpretation is a very powerful tool, but people rely on it or the artist relies on it too much where it's like, they are, don't have to worry about giving you something to actually gleam from the mm-hmm. art. It's like, uh, it could be literally anything. Like the banana tape to the yeah. wall has a very explicit meaning, but it can also have a greater meaning or other meanings that you're not necessarily, uh, it, it's not necessarily very upfront about. Mm-hmm. I think, isn't that like a big um, kind of point of the postmodern idea of art and like creation of art where it's like, it's um it's not so much the piece itself but rather like what people gleam from the piece like the the toilet thing right like mm-hmm. objectively like it's not like they put a ton of work into it right they didn't do like a, they didn't sculpt this fucking toilet from yeah. whatever they literally like either bought or fucking ripped a urinal yeah. out, out of the wall <laughs> and just fucking put it in a museum but like the whole point of that was to show that anything can be art you know and mm-hmm. it's like the the whole interpretation of it is like what actually matters you know i think the the postmodernism and uh interpretation aspect aren't mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. um but they uh, they do have a lot in common in terms of how they go like hand in hand yeah Yeah. because like in terms because you know with floating points it's like i feel like there's something very explicit about it yeah but you can glean more from it but with like the toilet aspect it's like it's it's uh, it's a discussion about itself essentially which i think that part makes it postmodern. It's, it's meta art yeah and that's the whole idea with like postmodernism. Yeah. meta art gives me headaches most times <laughs> <laughs> okay, i mean it's people there's walk- a part of, there's a part of it that's like super frustrating and knowing that its existence serves its own purpose yeah it's like I mean, it's kind of you can apply that to literally anything that is an object, a person that's living, literally anything ever. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It's like the purpose of itself existing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, that's just postmodernism. Or like, I'm post. To be honest, I don't know if anyone or anything has like a purpose to exist. So I, I find like meta commentary or like meta art, art or whatever. I, I find that interesting. You know, personally. But, uh, yeah, I think there's I, a lot to say about it. Yeah, because it's like it's like what what is art? You know what I mean? Like what what do we glean from as a society from a particular piece? And like, is that valuable? Or like, why do we value this over that? Or, or things like that. You know, I, I think those are interesting conversations to have. And especially if you're doing it as an artist, like you can push the boundaries and you can like kind of do your own thing and, you know, shake up the world a little bit and influence culture. And I think it's really cool. Personally. All right, uh, that's going to be it for this week. I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of done. Goodbye, I'm slapping the mic. <laughs>